Hey, Ride or Die listeners. So before today's episode starts, I just wanted to drop a quick note and let you all know how much I appreciate the support that you've given the podcast. To everyone who's left a review, who's listened to the podcast on any medium, who's reached out on social media and let me know how much it means to them. I appreciate every single one of you, and I'm really glad that the podcast has been helping so many people. If you want to get even more involved in the Ride or Die community, I encourage you to join our Facebook group, and I will leave the link to the group in the show notes below. Also, if you want to keep supporting my writing career, please make sure to add my middle grade book, Go Squad, on Goodreads, and the link is always in the show notes too. And spread the word, it really helps. Now, enjoy today's episode. Welcome to the very first Write or Die Ghosttober episode, where I talk to authors who write spooky, scary, or disturbing books and find out all about their writing process and how they keep readers hiding under the covers. Today, our first guest is Ryan Douglas. He's the author of Jake in the Box, which is coming in spring 2020 from Putnam Penguin. How are you, Ryan? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. I'm so excited to talk to you about Jake in the Box. Um, before we talk about more of the craft side of things, just want to get a brief rundown of how you got started writing. Um, what was maybe like your first book? Was this your first book? How you got your agent and your publishing deal? Just give us a quick rundown of that whole process. Okay, so Jake in the Box is actually my fourth book. Um, my first book I wrote when I was 10. I guess I started when I was 10. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, I started, <laughs> I started querying when I was 12. Um, what? And that was, yeah, yeah, yeah. How did I you have, even know what to do? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know what to do, and that was the problem. So, well, I always wanted to be, like, I, I always wrote. Like, I always just, I, like, ever since I knew how to write, I wrote stories. Um, so before that I had just been writing like chapter books okay. myself or whatever, um, didn't think about, um, getting published. And then by the time I was 10, I was like, okay, this is serious now. <laughs> I'm going to be an author. <laughs> um, so I wrote this YA fantasy. It was horrible. Oh, I don't no. even want to think about it. <laughs> Do you remember the title? Do you remember the title? Oh my God. I can't <laughs> title was so it just wasn't even a word it was just uh it was just oh. I, I don't want to talk about what it was but I um I queried that when I was 12 and I actually got ripped off by a publisher like a, a publisher um who was like we want your book but we want three thousand dollars up front <laughs> and I didn't know anything about publishing right like yeah. my mom know anything is you're just like my son's dreams are coming true so they ripped this off and that didn't go anywhere (laughs) which I'm kind of no I'm like I'm glad it didn't go anywhere and I was actually not disappointed even as a kid okay kind of like I'm the kind of person who like writes something and then thinks it's trash like the next day so relatable it's like written 75,000 words of this fantasy novel I was like well it must be trash um that's why they just stole our money and aren't going to publish it. Um, but anyway, so... Did they end up actually, like, publishing it at all? Or they just ran away with your money? 
they just ran away. Like, they gave me, like, fake edits. And someone actually, like, actually sat down and read it and, like, edits, um, you know, the bare minimum edits. And then they sent me, like, these fake covers, which were just awful and had nothing to do with the book, and I should have known at that point. Oh, no. um, but eventually, yeah, they just stopped, like, contacting me. Apparently, this guy, like, goes around making new publishing houses and, like, ripping people off and changing his name. Yikes. Yeah, he's, like, a... And they, like, tried to... I don't know. They, they tried to, like, rally together, and my mom was, like, in this Facebook group of, like women who were trying to sue him who had been ripped off um, but um i don't know that never happened he just kind of got away is he still around um maybe i don't know yikes <laughs> a long time ago wow like, oh you know, 10 how old am i <laughs> also relatable i was telling everyone a, the, my wrong a wrong age for like a year and i was like wait a minute i'm a year younger than that like literally i forgot how old i was once I don't, I don't, I don't like getting older, so I'm just like, that's a teen forever. But anyway, um, so after that, I, I wrote, an, I wrote um, another book that I ended up self-publishing, because uh, that one I got, I like actually learned how to query. It was like a, it was a middle grade novel, and I learned how to query, but I wasn't getting any responses, um, just like form rejections. Okay. And so I ended up publishing that one through CreateSpace. And that was when I was 15. And then I wrote my third novel, like, freshman year of college. And that was when I started, like, kind of getting more in touch with my, like, what I wanted to write. That was the first book where I, like, wrote a black cast and I wrote queer characters. And I was, like, comfortable kind of writing horror and just, like, going to dark places. And that was, like, my learning who you are as a writer project. And it was when I started getting partial requests and full requests, but I still didn't get an agent. And then I wrote Jake in the Box, um, which got me an agent pretty fast, actually. Um, I I started querying, and I got my agent three months after querying. We were on sub for maybe four months before my editor uh, saw it. And she actually requested to see it because she saw an article of mine online. Like I used to do freelance writing for different uh, publications. Okay. And she she saw an article um, that I wrote and, and was interested in reading it. And um, so we sent it to her and she read it pretty fast and she really liked it. But she thought it wasn't ready for acquisitions yet. So she offered me an R&R. And um, I really liked her her uh, vision, and she seemed really passionate about the book. So I did that, and the book became like 12 times better, and then she offered. So that was like, it took her, it took her a few months to get back to mm-hmm. us, so I guess I was on sub for like nine, about nine months. Okay. And, okay, two things. First, can you explain um, to our reader, our, our readers, yes, they are reading this podcast, <laughs> to our listeners who um, might not know what an R&R is, could you explain that to, to them? And then can you also tell me a little bit about what that process was like working with an editor who could potentially buy your book and, you know, doing edits for them? How intense was it? How did you tackle it? And was any part of that process really challenging for you? Sure. Um, so an R&R is a revise and resubmit, and it's basically when um, 
an agent or editor likes or, or sees potential in your work and wants to give you feedback and um, so you can improve it and resubmit um, with the hopes of getting an offer. So I didn't really, I didn't know if I was going to get an offer when I was doing it, but um, so she actually offered to talk to me on the phone and we had just kind of a pretty general conversation about the ways that she thought the book could improve. It was pretty broad, like it wasn't too meticulous, um, which I really like, and my agent was that way too when we edited the book. Um, so I, I seem to be connecting with people who <laughs> give me these kind of like nebulous ideas of like, well, maybe we can do things this way and that way. And I think, and like, I like, I like having sort of like that kind of freedom to sort of like bring my thoughts into it and hear their and they're pretty flexible so she um we, we talked on the phone and she gave me feedback which I loved and then I uh I just I just went with it and I actually changed a lot of things that she didn't really even bring up just based on sort of the other things she brought up Does that makes sense like just kind of like she would like say something about a certain scene and say, well, that, that doesn't work for this, this, and that reason. And then I would like use that to sort of go throughout the book and sort of tackle places on that same issue. Yeah, that makes sense. So you used feedback from one section and you applied it to the rest of the book to make sure you didn't make the same mistakes in other places. Yeah. So I essentially like rewrote, well, I didn't rewrite it, but I, I revised things that even she didn't really mention just because I just because when she when I heard her feedback, it kind of it like opened up my mind to a different way of approaching it. You know, now we can jump into more of what the book is about, which is what I'm really excited about, because the premise for this book really caught my attention when I heard it. Can you um, give us a little rundown about the um, summary for, for your book? Yes. Okay. So I'm really bad at pitching it. So I'm gonna... <laughs> um, it's uh, so it's about a black student at a white school, a black boy, 16 years old. Um, he goes to like a private school, majority white, and he can see the dead. He's a medium. So um, essentially like at the beginning of the story it's kind of just he's he's just this withdrawn kid who's kind of involved with um the ghost world more than he is the human world okay has like social issues like he he has problems making connections because he's so like you know he's so like distracted by the ghosts but what happens is the ghost of a school shooter from six years ago returns to the school and starts haunting him uh, with the goal of possessing his body and, you know, essentially being, like, re- like coming back to life. So it's about how he has to kind of defeat this evil spirit. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so first of all, you're not bad at pitching because that was very good. Oh. And, <laughs> and second, how did you get this idea? Like, where did this idea come from? Because... Obviously, you know, there's been tons about school shootings in the news, and it's something that's unfortunately prevalent nowadays, but how did you get the idea to make him a ghost, and 
this like whole story tying it together? Um, well, I actually don't know like how I got all of the elements together. I know that I really wanted like there are certain stories that I like to read in terms of tone and in terms of just like genre. So I knew that I really wanted to write um and I had written like short stories, various short stories that kind of dealt with this idea of like a predatory force coming into someone's life and kind of like mm-hmm. raveling their life and just kind of like this idea of like losing control at the hands of someone who is just like predatory. Uh, I really like that concept and I'm also a okay. horror nerd and I just really love horror and I knew I wanted to do something with that. Um, the school shooter element came when I was trying to figure out kind of the scariest thing that could come back to life, essentially. Like right. The, the most right. menacing, like, force in our society. I see that that person as just, like, this, this like, monster, essentially. Like, it's it's a monster, but it's a, it's a contemporary monster, you know? And it kind of... It was it was really interesting to me, especially when I was thinking about how I would play with um, race in the story, to have this particular person haunting the black boy because black people don't do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> I just wanted to kind of explore um, how the how the the psychology of that person would interact with my main character who is not capable of doing such a thing. Um, So that, it just all kind of came together when I was thinking about just like things that are scary and types of stories that I like writing. And I don't know, it just kind of happened. Okay. And so how did you tackle the research? Because um, obviously it's a a sensitive subject um, and it's also something that's, it's, it's a horror based book like it's scary it's meant to be scary so how did you go about um like doing the research for the book and sort of making sure that you kept your readers enthralled and that you creeped them out um well when it when it comes to like the the fear aspect of this book it's not um I did not like the the number one thing when I when I chose to make this spirit the spirit of a school shooter the number one thing I did not want to do was sensationalize this in any way for okay. entertainment value because it's not like the book is not about the shooting it's about the psychology mm-hmm. of this person so um in terms of research I I read about a lot of school shootings which was really awful and like Oh, it no. wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. It was not. It was not a fun research process. But you know, there's a, there are a lot of things involved in the research process because there's a lot of elements that come into the book. So, um, a lot of it is uh, is just like a lot of it was creating a ghost world. So I I read like books about hauntings, just various hauntings and ghosts and things that protect you against ghosts and the way that ghosts get energy or the way that reportedly in like stories and and um with reported hauntings how how ghosts connect to the world um 
and for the for the element of um, the this, the the ghost character, the school shooter, um, I did have to read some some books. There's just I read a book called um, Columbine by Dave Cullen, I think, and it was just, he was like one of the reporters on on the Columbine shooting, and um, it really it 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 delves into so much. Like it's a really long book, but there's also like excerpts from the shooter's diaries, um, which Gosh. really like it was ter- like it's terrifying, but it really get yeah. into the um, psychology of this of this terrorist, you know. So. Yeah, for sure. Because it's something I feel like the average person wouldn't be able to relate to in terms of doing something so horrific. Mm-hmm. So how difficult was it for you to write? I mean, I'm guess I'm assuming that the the ghost has um, dialogue in in the book. Mm-hmm. So how difficult was it to you, like to sort of write from his perspective? Um, it. <sighs> So the thing about about the the character, the character actually has chapters. Like it's, I want to say maybe a th- a third of it is told from from his like diary entries, and two thirds of it is told from Jake's perspective. Okay. Um, and really, what like I I had to I had to sort of remember that this person is a human being, you know, unfortunately, this person is, is a human being. And this person is a person who did this thing, you know? Um, and this person is a person who at one point did not think about doing that, you know? And there was a point when he, he became that, that, that came out of him. And, I really wanted to to make sure that it wasn't like like this this character is like fucked up from the beginning to be honest yeah uh, I yeah. wanted to make sure that it wasn't like sending the message like oh well the world is turning people into school shit you know because right. in, in a certain way right. you know it, it's it's a really delicate balance because in a certain way you know there are factors in this character's life that made him so angry. But there mm-hmm. is also a, there are also ways to handle your traumas and your issues without turning them on other people. So um, it was it was actually just just writing like about this character before um, he got it in his head to do something like that wasn't as hard. I mean, it, it's just like writing any kind of murderous person I guess like any kind of any kind of villain um yeah but it's just in it's just uh in 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 this way in this particular way and it's it's really um messed up but I did I did have to humanize him for the sake of the narrative yeah well that makes sense I mean like you said they are human beings they just did something that's sort of like incomprehensible to the average person. Um, so in terms of the scary elements of the book, how did you, I think fear is probably one of the hardest things to convey when you're writing. Um, I think it's very hard to make people feel afraid. Um, do you have any sort of, uh, 
tips for people who are also writing horror or anything that you did to make sure that those emotions really resonated with readers? Yeah. Um, so the fear in this particular book, I think there's a lot of ways to convey fear, but um, the fear in Jake in the Box, or the, the overarching fear is, is kind of the fear of lose, losing control of your like mind, of your body, of just like your life, just not being in control of any the things that happen to you, you know? Um, and I think that is something that you can play with. And I think a lot of the time when it comes to creating fear, you have to kind of think about what is underneath the, the things that are scary. You know, you have to think about why things are scary, you know? Um, yeah. So why, like, why, why, why is it scary to be haunted by something that you can't see? And I think it's because we're afraid of the unknown, you know? And mm -hmm. when it comes to like Jake's loss of control, you can't really, he can't, he can't fight this, this spirit in a concrete way. He can't really predict this spirit, um, what, what it's going to do, what's going to happen. And I think that just, just not knowing what, what could happen is a big one, but there are a lot of things that I do, um, a lot of things that I play with, because there's so many different types of horror. Um, body horror is a thing that comes up, which is just like fear of the body and what the body is capable of um, mm. doing without your permission. And I think just like what's so scary is not, not just not knowing what's going to happen to you and not being able to stop it. That that's something that um, mainly I played on in the book to create fear. I'm, I mean, I'm already scared. So, um, and was there any moments where you were reading the where you were writing the book and you like scared yourself? Yes, actually, there, there was, <laughs> and it doesn't happen. Oh well, <laughs> it happened like once when I was when I was writing it, um, like before I was revising it with my editor and then it happened again when I was revising it with my editor. So the thing that scared me, um, the, the first time I wrote it was there's a scene where Sawyer, who's the, the ghost is, he like arrives at Jake's house, but he does it in like a creepy haunting ghost way just to taunt him. So there's like, Oh, banging on the door and like this like scratching on the roof and he's just like oh. all over the place and, and Jake is just like in his and then he go he well I don't want to like spoil it but yeah 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 don't spoil it but that already sounds terrifying yeah, and he's just like he knows that it's him and he's just like oh, there is a there is a school shooter at my house the ghost the of ghost one. of one which make it's just terrifying um so what do you hope that readers get from Jake in the box? Like, what are you hoping are the reactions? What do you hope they take away from the story? Um, I think what it, what it's about is what it takes to be the person in a predatory cycle who chooses to break that cycle rather than perpetuate it. So the, the idea and the reason that this, 
ghost latches on to, to this boy is because he sees him as someone who is similar to him, who, who, can, who can be his vessel, who can like be someone who he can re-enter life through and understand kind of his mind and his body and stuff like that. So the boys are, are similar in ways. You know, they both come from difficult backgrounds to some degree, difficult family backgrounds. Um, they're both queer and they both felt ostracized in their school environments and in their home environments. But one of them has the capacity to, you know, commit this horribly violent act and the other boy doesn't. So what I really want to show is, like, how, how you can use, you know, your, your pain and all of the things that, that happen to you um, in life and, 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 and turn them into something positive rather than something awful and violent and I know that that's like really like it's like a horror novel and you don't expect to walk away from horror novels with right, that kind right. of message but it's a lot right. more than a horror novel too you know it's it's like a, yeah it's a coming of age story that is told through a a sense of heightened horror and that's another way that I create fear just like in like social situations you know things that are everyday fears um going mm-hmm. like feeling alone and feeling isolated uh going being a black person who's going into white spaces and not knowing how you're going to be treated um all like so- social elements are amplified also to create horror kind of like get out did that it kind of that right yeah okay so um so how does the how does the racial aspect um come into play in terms of um, Jake and this haunting, does he tell anybody about it in the book or does he keep it to himself? Um, and do his classmates like sort of treat him even worse after it starts happening? Um, so he can't, he can't tell anyone because it's so okay. like, no one's going to believe oh, him, no. you know? That's yeah. Something. They're just going to think he, he's, he, there's something wrong right. with him as opposed to, Yeah. Oh, poor Jake. He, yeah, he's pretty much alone um, in this. And there's, he has, I don't, I don't want to say too much, but he has, he has people, and he ends up having people who are um, at his side situation okay. and who are helping him get rid of it, and who he trusts and who trusts him, um, because he couldn't do it all by himself. Right? He could right. never do it all by himself. Um, so, uh, in terms of the racial element. Um, Sawyer, who is the school shooter ghost, uh, he is an absolute racist. <laughs> he oh, is no. An, but he's like, he's, he's not like one of those um, racists who's like, I don't know, like, he, if, if you asked him, he would not, t- he would say he's not a racist, right? Uh, he's not okay. one of those like wearing it proudly racist, he, but he, he, when he's like trying to he, the, the the entire book, he's like pulling strings in Jake's life to sort of unravel his um, mental state and unravel his body. Because what happens is when you're like when you want to possess or when a ghost wants to possess a body, the body has to be weak, um, like not like the mind and the body have to be in a, in a state of total weakness, meaning like you have to be depressed. You have to be like not wanting to 
live, essentially. And that is Sawyer's goal, to make Jake so, like, upset in his life um, that he doesn't want his own body. So he's, like, provoking these situations. And one of the situations that he, he does provoke is Jake's state as um, the black student in this white space. And, like, how can I aggravate this situation? How can I make um, him look like what the, the students want him to be? You know, because Jake is very—he's—he's—he's he's he's, he's not a great student, but he—he he keeps to himself. He's very well behaved. Like he's—he's he's a good kid. And then this—this this force comes in and is like, "Well, I'm gonna make you look bad, and I'm gonna like do—I'm gonna do things and, and make the whole school think it was you." And um, it's kind of just about how he has to, Jake has to kind of deal with that. And I think that it's—it—it—it it, it, um. It, it, it comments on, like, different things, just about, like, social politics, but um, especially just how narratives can kind of get out of our control and, and when our voices don't carry beyond, like, what what the, the white institution says about us. Um, and there's also, like, cu cultural appropriation involved because Sawyer's, like... He's wanting to possess Jake because Jake is really athletically talented and he's like talented in so many other ways. And it's like he wants he wants all of the things that that this black boy can do. And it's like like yeah. want this black boy to have his own life, you know. Oh, gosh, I really don't like Sawyer. <laughs> he's evil. <laughs> I don't like him at all. Oh, he's creeping me out. Um, OK, so. Do you have any other spooky books that you're um, working on, perhaps, or nothing you can talk about yet? Um, I am working on a spooky werewolf story at the moment, <gasps> which, which is very different. It's like a historical story um, set on, well, I don't want to, I don't actually... Yeah, <laughs> it's like really, it's really um, a concept, but I'm okay. working on that one too. All right, well, I'm already excited because I love werewolves, so that sounds great. So, uh, you're not going to get away with not uh, sharing your most embarrassing story, or oh if if you want, I guess you can say something you wish you'd known <laughs> before you started. You can say that one too, but I, um, it's your choice. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know my most embarrassing <laughs> moment. Like, I don't. I honestly don't know. Well, maybe it just hasn't happened. Yeah. Yet. <laughs> I feel like embarrassed every time I meet an author that I look up to. Like. Well, me too. I just feel yeah, like I'm just not worthy to be in their presence. Um, and then I just, like, mess everything up. <laughs> um, I think that's, like, everybody, though. <laughs> yeah, I'll be, like, in signing lines, and I'll see people go up, and they're just so, like, personable and just so, like, oh, I love you. And I just go up, and I'm just like, hi. And they're just like, Hi. <laughs> Hi. Like, it's okay. And I'm just like, oh my God. I'm such, I'm such a weirdo. Anyway, uh, oh, oh, I think that's endearing. I think that's endearing. I mean, it just, 
it's okay to be nervous sometimes. Um, all right. So is there anything that you wish you'd known, um, when you first started writing on aside from, you know, don't pay a publisher $3,000? Um, <laughs> is there anything that you wish you'd known before you got started? Um, I wish I had known about the waiting. I wish I had known it was just going to be waiting and waiting and waiting. Because then I would have practiced like going into like long lines and just standing there to get a sense of <laughs> like to be in publishing. That's actually an excellent tip. I, yeah, I, was, I, I didn't know that like you have to, okay, so you get the agent and then you have to wait for the agent to send the edits back. And then you're on sub, then you have to wait 12 years before you even get interest from any editor, yeah. much less the editor interested in offering. Um, but it's just, yeah, just a lot of waiting. I wish I would have known that because I was getting so frustrated. I was like, why, why hasn't my book sold? Like in three weeks, what, what's going on? But yeah. it's actually, no, it's like the norm. You have to just kind of be patient. Yep, absolutely. Um, I think that's a really good one for people to keep in mind. Um, so, Ryan, where can um, the Ride or Die listeners uh, follow you on social media? So, all of my social medias are Ryan Douglas W. Douglas has two S's. Um, so, I'm on Twitter and Instagram, even though I never post on Instagram because I hate it. But I post <laughs> on Twitter a lot. So, Ryan Douglas W. on Twitter. Perfect. And um, are there buy links yet for um, Jake in the Box? Um, no, I actually I'm still in Not edits. Yet. So. Okay. All right. Well, we'll definitely be sure to include the Goodreads links um, okay. in the show notes so people can add the book to Goodreads and they can follow you on social media. I'm really super excited about this book. Thank you so much for being on the show and talking to me today. I'm really excited to have you as part of one of the Ghosttober episodes. Thank you for having me. This was really fun. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Fright or Die. Please don't forget to check out all the links in the show notes below and follow me on Twitter at Clarabelle underscore Ortega. See you next week.